0: Ephesians 5, 22, wives, and and let me start at 21, okay? We're going to go back up to 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Good morning, Vicky. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Brooke. All right. So, as I said, this is a passage, and these next couple, there are bits and pieces in here that have really affected the church in in a negative way, in, in a negative mindset, because um, we look at it differently. And so, let, let's let's dig in. So, there, there's three sections here, and in, in the first section we just read was about uh, wives. Um, and husbands it's about marriage good morning jan the second section is about children that starts in verse six or chapter six and then the section after that is about slaves and masters It's servants to bosses and and we'll be looking at those and like i said some of these have been actually all three of these have been at times misused and misquoted um and so we want to look at that so first off the the big issue with all of this that we need to, to discuss is the order. So when you look at it, verse 21, so you know, remember chapter headings and your little sections and all of that stuff were put in here later. These were not a part of the original. And so individuals and scribes had to guess where they felt a break was. And really, here's the idea and something that I I, I just learned really even as I was studying this. So Verse 21 uses the word submit. We are together as the body of Christ as we walk. So remember, we walk worthy. We walk in holiness. We learn to walk in light uh, and love and, yeah, love and light and then wisdom. And then he brings into these ideas of these family codes, these family moral codes, marriage, children, and, and servanthood. obedience to God and and all of these things that is motivated by love, love for each other. And, and, And so it's really, it's foundational that we understand that these are orders of worship, that this is stemming out of our love and submission to God, how we then love and treat other people, okay? And then he digs into each one of these based on some cultural things. Now, First off, let me just say, so the biggest issue we have is in definitions. Words change meaning, don't they? Words have a different meaning. Submission today, actually I looked it up a little earlier, and a submission definition today has a negative connotation that you submit against your own will. You submit to something that is unfair and unjust. And that is not the idea of submission that Paul was putting forth here. But also, let me just state, verse 21 has the word submit in the original Greek. Also, when you go down to verse 24, submit is in the original Greek. The word submit is not in the original Greek in verse 22. It's not there. So the idea was not necessary. I mean, it's still in the context. It's what's called an inclusio. It starts and ends with this idea of submit. So submission was kind of the assumption of the passage, but it was added in here as an emphasis later on, you know, so it was more wives as unto your husbands, right? Like being one with your husbands. The idea in the Verse 21 is not a submission under, I mean, it is under Christ, but it's a mutual submission that we as the body of Christ submit to Christ. Good morning, Penny, Mike. And so it's often been kind of misused to subjugate, right? We we live in a culture that has loved to subjugate. We have subjugate women as second class, which was not scriptural. We have subjugated a race as slaves, uh, that they were second class, and in fact, not even human. And we'll get into that later when we get into that section of the passage. But what Paul, what we have to understand is Paul is writing into a culture. So remember, we had at one time used this idea of isogesis and exogesis isogesis is i read my culture into this passage okay i read what we have seen of the abuse of women in our culture that preachers sometimes would quote these passages in a negative way to say that women should be uneducated, women should be pregnant and in the kitchen only, they should be taking care of the house and raising children, that they should never do X, Y, and Z, right? That there were certain things that because you were a woman, that's what you did. And and that hurt the church. It hurt women. It hurt our culture. And unfortunately, that was because those individuals read the current mentality around them into this passage without looking first at the context and culture within Ephesians. You see, Paul was speaking into his culture. He was seeking to change the current mentality in the culture and these words cannot be understood without looking at the culture that he was writing to. So here we are looking at it from an exegetical standpoint, looking at it the way it was meant to be, not the way that we read it right now. So a great example of that maybe. Good morning, Jason. Great example of that is when you text somebody, or even better yet, you get a text from somebody, you read into that text your current mentality, your current emotions. And so the person could be giving you a joke and you read it as being rude because you're upset already. There's something going on in that day and you're already mad because written communication is only 5% of all communication because you don't have this. You don't have body language. You don't have the the facial expressions. You don't hear tone of voice. And so you read all of those. You assume all of those things based on your current mood. And in isogesis, I read these three sections of Paul in my current mentality, where I'm at. And for so often in our culture, that was used to subjugate other people. I mean, we could look at each one of these right now and just basically say, so first, we were told that, you know, women needed to be at home, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Children were to be seen and not heard, and oh, don't spare the rod. And by sparing the rod, we meant beat your kids into submission, right? It wasn't what the rod really was, and we'll look at that later. And then the third one was this class of servants, of slaves, as Paul put this. And by the way, when we get to this, we'll talk more, but do you realize that in a lot of the early African churches, they had, a, in black churches, they had a hard time reading the epistles of Paul because again, they were reading it from their context, right where they were, and they felt like, because they had been, these passages had been used to subjugate a race, not a class, because, the, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but that whole section was not about a specific race or a specific religion, that they were in or in, uh, that one race was more superior than another, and that was how it was used. We even used, we had pastors that used Uh, The curse of Ham, which was totally taken out of context to say that that's why Africans and blacks were now subjugated to us because they weren't truly human. And that was so wrong. It, It was just downright wrong. And we've used each one of these sections to subjugate, whether it be women or children or those of another race, in a wrong manner. And so, again, back to what Paul was talking about. So, in, in that culture where he was writing, he was not seeking to create a chateau. Uh, a chateau, I don't know exactly how to pronounce that word properly. I call it chateau. But it's a uh, a principle that was around that we would treat people like shadow, They were just properties. And, and in that culture, women were seen as properties. So, women were below in the culture he was writing to women were seen as below human status they were like they were right in there with with kind of the actually servants often had better because servants could be educated servants could actually be more educated than their masters uh, they could have better homes than their masters i mean it was it was a, an interesting culture and women were seen as less than that the only thing Well, I'll come back to that, but women were seen as property. So Jews even in the Jewish culture up to this point, they had added in nowhere found in the Old Testament, but they had added in this morning prayer that a Jewish man would say that would thank God that they weren't a Gentile, a slave or a woman. That was part of the culture of even the Jewish race, not necessarily, not not even just the Greek uh, Gentile race that Paul's writing to here. This is what Paul was writing against. He was giving grounds to treat women differently. Okay, so he was speaking into the culture, and we had to realize it was countercultural for them. So here's just some examples in the Greek culture. Um, um, Demosthenes, there we go. I had to think of how to pronounce it. I had to hear it in my head first. Demos, Demosthenes um, was a Greek writer and during that time, and he said that women are for pleasure, concubines are for cohabitation, and wives are for bearing children and taking care of the household. So you see there were even different degrees of how they degraded women. It was nothing for a, a, an individual to have a concubine. Prostitutes, remember, were a part of worship in, in the temple men and women prostitutes. It was a culture that was very degraded. Plato even said that the worst thing that could ever happen to him was to be reborn as a woman. And that was Plato. And so much of even our modern day philosophy and sociology stem from Plato. And we wonder why our culture became so paternalistic. Verse 21, like I said, didn't have that word submit. It was implied, but it was not written in there, and it was added as emphasis later. But the culture, the context that Paul is writing is not one as in submitting. The word at the time was not this idea of one being superior than another. It was this idea of a mutual, a mutual submission one to another, a mutual act to each other first, and this act was not to be triggered by something else, that we were just to do it. We were mutually to submit one to another, and we did it because of our awe and respect for God that we submitted man to wife and wife to man. It came out of our worship. It starts in our worship of God that we learn to be able to mutually submit. Let me, uh, let me just kind of say something right there that came to my mind. So you think about even in a re- job relationship, um, and, and I'm not going to say that the slave to master meant, Oh, this is just an employee employer relationship because it, it during that time, maybe right but that's totally different these were bond servants they were truly slaves I'm you know so that's not the case but when you think about these mutual submissions we live in a culture where the younger generation doesn't like to be told they did something wrong do they they don't like to be told that I didn't meet a mark because how dare you say that of me even an employee I mean it employee um reviews are one of the hardest things to do and to take. Nobody wants to take it. Nobody wants to hear what they did wrong because we don't think that we can grow. And this whole idea of submitting one to another allows us to be better in relationships, in any relationship, whether that be marriage relationship, parental relationships, or even employee relationships, okay? Again, not that's not what Paul's talking about here is an employee to employer relationship. It was deeper culturally rooted than that and did have to do with slavery. And so I'm not not degrading that. Um, and we'll we'll get back to that some more um, as we get to that part of the passage. But really, what Paul is talking to is out of the worship of God, we begin to learn to submit mutually to one another, to act as servants, right? To take up the towel and wash the other's feet before you are asked. Don't wait to be asked to do something. You serve because. You serve out of love and respect for God first. That then shows in the marks of Christianity, right? What are the marks of Christianity? The marks of Christianity are the humility, the gentleness that we talked about, the patience, and the bearing with one another. You serve out of marks of humility, mutually, one to another, no domination of one over the other, not at all. You know, I I, I read this, I thought it was kind of interesting. Eve, you know, because often this passage was said, well, the man is the head of the household, the man which, you know, there are things about, um, so in business, there's the same called a, a, a race, R-A-S-C, um it's bad acronym but rasc one responsible is the first there can only be one responsible person only one person can be in charge because if two people are in charge there's confusion there can only be one accountable person that could be the responsible person or not you know like an owner of a business might have an accountable person during a shift uh, you know that type of thing um i had managers who were accountable but i was the one responsible for their stores right and then there's supportive, and there's consultative, and that's kind of a bit. And so it's the same thing in a house, because if in my household, Mandy and I do not have mutually agreed-upon rules, and our kids cross one of those rules, and what's the mutually agreed-upon consequence, well, then there's going to be issues, because if I try to yell at them, which I'll tell you, there were times in our relationship, in our marriage, where I might yell and respond in anger, which by the way, we'll get into the next section right that that so convicted me at times. Um, but I would respond in an anger and she would back it down in front of the kids and oh that made it even worse, right But I was in the wrong and I needed to be called out. and so we had to come up with that mutually okay, I'm not going to react in anger. I'll take a breath and then maybe I'll if I'm there I'll you know, one of us will be in charge, and if one of us yells at a kid, the other one doesn't yell at the same time, you know, we, one has to be in charge, and so the same thing in a household, if both of you, so here's what I find with Mandy and I, if both of us are in charge of paying the bills, someone is going to forget to pay the bills, you know, someone has to be in the lead, and there's something about a household, um, Man, I'm stealing some of my kid's stuff. I won't go into that. Okay, we'll we'll come back to some of that. Um, If we don't get to it today, we'll get to it tomorrow. So you're not going to want to miss it, okay? Uh, But there's no domination of one over the other. When Adam and Eve were created, Eve was not taken from the head in order to be the head of the household, right? She was not taken from the feet in order to be the, the servant of the household. She was taken from the side to be the helpmate, to be mutually in submission one to another, between man and wife. It's this idea that we are to be as we are to Christ. There is a sacred union between Christ and his body, the church, and there is a sacred covenant and responsibility between man and wife in marriage. Husband must love More than self. I mean, Paul actually turns this on end because he gives really the husband's a harder one. So, if you've ever heard, there's a book called Love and Respect. Submission is kind of like respect. The wife was called to respect the husband because the husband, if he doesn't feel respect, won't give love. But if he does, you know, if the wife doesn't get love, she doesn't give respect. And it's called this vicious cycle. It's a book called Love and Respect. And it's so true. And it's based out of this passage. It's a vicious cycle that i expect as the man to be respected and if i don't get respect then i don't give love and if she doesn't get love then she doesn't give respect because i expect the act of this first instead mutual submission does not respond and wait for an act to trigger your response to You are the first one to serve. You are the first one to love. You are the first one to give respect. You are the first one to act. Not to wait to react. That's the idea of that mutual submission cycle. It's this illustration it's given with Christ, not that it. this again has been overly preached to the point of saying that man is the salvation of his wife. Um, let me tell you, that has more truth in a Mormon belief than it does in a biblical belief. That is a very Mormon Gnostic principle. In fact, it led to some cultures where, if you remember like Viking culture, Viking culture, if the husband were to die, then the wife would the, the wife would go out in the boat that was then set aflame and would be burnt to death with the husband. That is not biblical. The husband is not the, so I, I am not responsible for your decisions, right? Now, as the head of the house in things, there is something to be said about when a husband takes the responsibility spiritually. We know a lot of kids whose moms took them to church all the time without dads, but yet they still struggle with their religion and their relationship with God because of the example the dad gave. There's something to be said about a priority that uh, children look to their dads for certain things and they look for their to their moms for other things. Comfort, care. I, you know, there's there's sometimes those natural things, whether it be our environment, the way we were raised. And so husbands are meant not to be the salvations for their family, but to set the example as Christ is our example. We need to set the examples in spirituality. We need to be the ones that are praying during the meals. We need to be the ones that are encouraging their children to pray every night. We, along with the wives, need to be the ones that our children see us doing devotions. They need to see us going to church, they need to see us serving, and I'm digging into the stuff that we're gonna talk about with kids tomorrow. Um, So let me get back. These tie in so much. Um, Paul's command of husbands was a high bar. Love that was far more than natural lust to love their wives more so than they loved themselves. It was measured by the ultimate love, which is the love of Christ. There's a high bar in that. And then he goes into describing Christ as the body, and and that, again, that Christ is the head of the church, and um, he gave... That Christ loved the church, the self-giving devotion that went to her redemption, that then led to his death, and his death so that there could be reconciliation of the relationship. And so, really, if you want to put it this way, that as a husband, we are to die to our wives, we are to die to ourselves, we are to die to our 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 lusts, we are to die to those things that we put above. Growing in mutual relationship. The purpose was redemption, redemptive love, regeneration, healing, wholeness. We have a culture that often breaks down our women, degrades them. You just just watch commercials, watch the sex industry that's around us through pornography through just movies that are downright pornographic that treat women with no respect you realize in the roman culture that he was treating to it was nothing for for women uh to be used as concubines and as prostitutes and you didn't have to marry them i mean it was they were just it was flippant and yet our culture is the same way isn't it you know so often if you ever if you ever think about it, maybe it was your way in high school. You know, you, you saw this in high school or you even see it now. If a woman gets caught sleeping around, well, you know, they're a, they're a, forgive me for saying the term, but we would say it, they're a whore. But yet if a guy is sleeping around, well, it's just conquest. It's just, you know, hey, you know, ho, ho, um, and that's all the way back from Roman days. Even before that. Good morning, Steve. And so we are called to love, to be healers, to be redeemers and restorers of our wives and our families. Christ's purpose was to perfect the body so that we then mutually submit to one another in this cycle and we act first and serve first. We love because you were loved by Christ. We're to treat our wives with love, and our wives are to treat with respect. But to treat your wife without love, to treat her as a property, as that chateau, chateau, treat as property is not truly love. And it damages both her personality and your personality. You know, so often this passage has been used to excuse so many things in the church. I'm grateful. If you don't know the Nazarene, Wesleyan holiness background, we were a part of the the women's rights movement. We, we were the first to ordain women. We, we, you know, there are so much. It doesn't make up for the past and the history, but it seeks... To put on, realize that there is one race. Neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. We are all one in Christ. We might have different personalities, but you can find that. You can find men that are super macho hunters. And you can find men that are super artistic. And some would call effeminate unfortunately, right? And you can find women that are super super macho and women that are super artistic. And it's the way God's created us and our personalities. One is not better than the other. We are two pieces to a puzzle. Well, two pieces to a three-part puzzle. And when we come together mutually submitting, mutually acting towards one another out of love and respect and growing closer to God and who He would have us be because we are the body of Christ, then as the family strengthens, the church family strengthens. And that's the example we're given here. So hopefully, I don't know where you are. Maybe you've been hurt through that before. Maybe you've Maybe you think I've got it all wrong and I I could show you many commentators who say that I don't. Um, But may the Holy Spirit just speak. This is a mutual submission. Relationships are not... Five levels of leaders. There we go. Let's look at, you know, if you think of that, if you've ever read Five Levels of Leader by John Maxwell, it talks about how people first lead the very basic positions of leadership is they lead because of your position. If a wife, if you as a husband, the wife is only following you because, well, you're the head of the house, then it's not not real submission. It's not real mutual love and respect. It's fear. It's have to. It's begrudgingly non out of non-respect and then there's other levels leading all the way up to a point of this just mutual love and respect for each other it's a great business book by the way i'm not always a big maxwell fan but that one is a a wonderful book um i've taught from it quite a bit and it fits even in this relationship and this idea of our relationships with marriage with our children and and even as um looking at this idea of employers we could say if we put it modernly but again i'm not saying that's what that passage is about we'll talk about that later um all right god we love you lord i we're sorry for the times we get it wrong where instead of using your words to show love, the love that comes from you, the love of your son who willingly came and died so that we could be redeemed and restored and made new. Sorry for the times we get it wrong. Lord, forgive us as a people, the American culture and how we have over the years and even still today at times subjugate others women and children and races other religions even and act like they're second class maybe even act like they're property god forgive us of that forgive us Even in our own, in our churches where divorce is more rampant than others because of this, we do not mutually submit. We do not learn to mutually love. We expect. We demand. So to graciously, lovingly give of ourselves and act first. We're called to forgive first for an apology. We're called to love first. We're called to move out of anger first, to apologize first. We are called as you reached out to us even when we didn't deserve it. We do the same in all relationships, God. So Lord, be with us today as we go out and we seek to be more like you more loving and more lovable continue to work in us to bring healing and redemption and restoration to those that come in contact with us may we be known for the love of christ not the things we're against lord bring restoration as only you can redemption as only you can healing to relationships that are broken as only you can. Holy Spirit, flow through us. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, go in peace and have a great rest of the day.